Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and I'm joined by Tony Lloyd. Blue skies smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right. Picturing the days hurrying by when you've just won my heavy fly. Oh, blue days, all of them gone. Nothing but blue skies from now on. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty hell. I don't think we can top that. Football, but we'll though. give it a go. We'll give it a go. Uh, welcome to Tom Thrower. Yeah, how how do you follow that? The, did you not prepare a song, Tom? I, I didn't, and and we're all glad that I didn't. <laughs> uh, I'm just so but, happy. I'm sorry. Yes, we've we've exceeded it's... our expected songs for this episode. At least, <laughs> this is not it's going to be a musical unsustainable. episode. <laughs> Goodness me! Yes, uh, second for the second episode in a row, we get to talk about a Stoke City win. Stoke City two, Fulham nil. Um, Tom. From being at the game, you know, you know, sometimes you get a different experience at the game to watching online or watching, you know, via CFAX or Twitter, <laughs> as it is today. You get a different experience. But from the kind of moments after the final whistle, I got the impression, a slight impression, that Nathan Jones was quite pleased with that result. <laughs> what were your thoughts? I I I may I may have made the same observations. Um, I quite like the quite skillful um, editing. I think it is deliberate in the videos that the club have put up themselves, where they turn up the crowd noise and turn down the Nathan Jones noise because I think every other word coming out of his mouth is an expletive. <laughs> I, it is good. I, I could actually. It is, I could get quite gushy because I've I, I've never felt such sympathy for a, a highly paid um, person who's literally doing a job that is like the dream job uh, over the past few months. And to see it, just for it all to come together for once and I could genuinely cry. I've been close to crying a lot recently. I think I'm way too emotionally invested in Nathan Jones as an entity, never mind as a human being. Um <laughs> But what? Oh, just fucking brilliant. Oh, football. <laughs> Stick it in my eyes. There was a moment as uh, me and Tony were leaving the city of Stoke-on-Trent that we gen- genuinely passed a barber's called Mr. Jones's Barbershop. And I thought, has the city suddenly <laughs> renamed every establishment after Nathan Jones now? Because the just the pure love and joy and happiness uh was and violence violence towards his own players but positive <laughs> kind of violent violence of joyful violence i think is what he expressed there to cameron carter vickers and scott hogan who both will probably need their chins resetting this morning uh so that that was lovely um i think Luton fans may have their 
particular opinions on, uh, you know, enjoying football. But uh, Nathan Jones, you just gotta love him. That was just that. That's how. That's how you win fans over. And I don't care if it's a gimmick or he's doing it to kind of as a PR thing or whatever. I fucking love that. You've got to fucking love that if you're a fan. Imagine being so utterly miserable that you you watch that and go, well, we're still 23rd in the table, so uh, I don't see why he's celebrating. We've actually only won two in 12 games, and uh, I think uh, he'll probably he'll probably lose to Sheffield Wednesday, so this will look a bit silly, won't it? Fuck off. We're, <laughs> we're Stoke City. And we're on our way back. Um, let's let's talk about the game for a bit. Uh, Tony, I said to you after that, I thought that was an exemplary first half display, and it's something that uh, Tom had uh, talked about on the Wizards of Dribble dot com after the Swansea game. The pressing was beautiful. I've never enjoyed Stoke out of possession as much that I can remember. <laughs> Wasn't it just, just wasn't it though? I, I, I'm not gonna go into too much detail because I know Tom will do it, and I don't want to, I don't want to steal his thunder after a few weeks of me parroting whatever he says on Twitter on this podcast. You're for, just the music man. Uh, I do, <laughs> I, I do have my own opinions. They pretty much revolve around Nathan Jones being the best thing ever. Um, as far as pressing goes, I think the thing pressed most was his hands around my heart and <laughs> handkerchiefs if I was just a little bit older than I am to my eyes because I certainly shed a tear. When, I, I think I shed the first tear when he hugged Peter Tabo and just wouldn't let go in between <laughs> assaulting other players. That's um, our January <laughs> transfer window policy, I think. Physically don't let go of him. Um, he did the same with Paul Hart before he ventured onto the pitch, so that, that sort of got me prepared for it. Um, as far as winning goes, not only like as if we haven't had enough winning in the last two weeks, uh, we were team of the day on quest. Ooh, the first so, championship team to be team of the day on quest as well. Yeah. Sorry, that's almost a stat. Um, but all the twos, wasn't it? I mean, two up front, 2-0, 22% possession, two wins. Uh, so I figure that means we'll be scoring three on Tuesday, maybe? Oh, uh, right. So, yeah, everything. We'll have 33% possession. We'll By the end of the season, on. we'll be winning. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah <laughs> just can't wait for the ninth goals. game. It's got to be fucking class. <laughs> no. Come March, we're going to not only break analytics, but we're going to break scoreboards. Oh, we're going to break It's maths. a wonderful shape, lads. Oh, it's a wonderful shape. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful shape. Um, yeah, uh, there was. A, uh, I just found a great picture of him hugging Rory Delap as well. And Rory Delap oh. has looks like he has aged in the last year or so in the Stoke bath, uh, backroom team. Um, but marvelous, marvelous scenes. Uh, talk. Let's talk about uh, kind of the individual uh, performers. We mentioned that in the first half, uh, the. Co- the diamond. We played the exact same team that we saw against Swansea, which was great, and everyone was on board with straight away. And usually, when everyone's on board with a team selection, it usually means something's about to go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> but uh, we had Joe Allen at the top of the di- of the diamond, uh, almost acting like a, a third 
striker at times when we were out of possession we looked like we had three uh, pinning them back literally into their own 18 yard box from goal kicks and uh, kind of Fulham were perhaps saved by the you can pass it in your own 18 yard box rule uh, but it meant we forced them long which they didn't really want to do because uh, as far as I understood it they decided to move Knockhart and Cavalero like 20 yards further back when they really shouldn't have um, leaving Mitrovic isolated and Danny Barr and Carter Vickers dealt with him uh, pretty well on the whole he had a couple of sniffs but uh, that was very good and as I kind of uh, predicted on the Fulhamish podcast uh, we went direct through the middle used Gregory's uh, physicality and we shit them up and uh, Tyrese Campbell with his first league goal um, great great scenes Uh I'm trying to avoid the phrase you love to see it, but there we go. There's the first one. <laughs> you very much do love to see it. Uh, Tom, what else did you love to see yesterday? It was just... Um, at Fulham, I thought, made some really stupid tactical decisions. Um, but I think Jones and the coaching staff and the team exposed them perfectly. So... Either they, they Fulham sort of uh, basically just played like five attackers all at once and they were all up the far end of the pitch. And if they'd have gone direct, I don't really know. Well, when they did go direct, Danny Bart was like, Mitrovic, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't think he's very good. I'm just going to jump through him a few times, which was hmm. bloody brilliant to see. And you could see Mitrovic getting angrier and angrier and he was lucky to not be sent off because he did a really stupid bloody dive that he should have been booked for, but he wasn't. Um, and yeah, we didn't. Um, we didn't. I, I just. I feel sorry for Joe Bryan. It happened again. What is it with Fulham and playing either centre backs as full backs or full backs as centre backs against us and them getting bullied? Do you remember Byrne when he had to swap sides because uh, Asaidi yeah. was bullying him? And this time it was Joe Bryan who got thrown in at like left centre back. And Lee Gregory just looked at him how I imagine a lion looks at an antelope. The poor, poor, helpless, vulnerable left back who just got jumped on all day. And and Lee Gregory is um, fucking hell. Like, the best footballer I've seen at holding the ball up at Stoke, ever. It, 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 it sticks to him. He's made of Velcro. He's got a chiselled jawline and he's made of Velcro. He's brilliant i just Play, players I were bouncing off him too it was marvelous yeah. marvelous performance i mean god bless cameron carter vickers did not have a bad <laughs> game at all yesterday but him getting the sponsors man of the match is one of the more baffling ones uh in recent memory uh what was so striking about the first half is they were clearly a, a, a good tidy passing side and they have really talented footballers and yet they I lost count of the amount of times we intercepted them or they misplaced a pass because they were under pressure. Um, there seemed to be the two centre-backs and kind of two deeper-lying midfielders and they uh, and they just seemed to kind of lose the ball or Sam Klukas would cut across and, and stop the ball. A table would come across and stop the ball. Alan would hassle them. Uh, Gregory and, and Campbell would leave from the front and hassle them. And they were just not given any room to um, kind of dictate the play despite their kind of 70 odd percent possession they were never really in that much 
control, which it you know it it doesn't really kind of correlate with the with the number with the seventy odd percent, but they weren't kind of knocking in about and we were chasing after it. We were kind of very much letting them have possession on our terms, which was that's a, such an impressive skill. That's really, really hard to do. And you know, Jones talked about the kind of da- uh, tactical discipline that requires. Uh, second half, all right, we um, there was less of that, I think, particularly due to maybe the tiredness of the front two, Campbell in particular, Allen wasn't as advanced uh, in in his kind of pressing situations, which meant they had a bit more time. Obviously, they th- threw men forward, um, and they were always gonna carve out a chance or two. But uh, I think they had a, a tame header and a shot from the edge of the area that were kind of their big chances that second half. And f- fair play, we just the the kind of the blocking and the kind of more last ditch stuff we did in the, the second half was fantastic as well. Um and we scored a penalty, Tony. We scored an actual oh. penalty. I keep forgetting that happened. And every so often I'm like, shit, we scored a penalty. Oh I'm even happier than I would have been if we hadn't. But also I'm not because it was just I couldn't be happier than I am now. <laughs> um I, we were saying yesterday I, th- I think we said yesterday like we we were not uncomfort not confident but at the same time had a dangerous feeling that we might win a second game of the season going into that game and then saw their team sheet and were like, oh shit, oh wow, he's at Fulham, I've heard of him, Uh, oh god, him as well, oh no, not Mitrovic, he's going to kill us because he's that kind of player and it didn't happen and as you said about we kept kept pressing and we kept winning those, winning the ball or just getting that touch but what that you said you said we did that well, but the amount of times we did it and somehow managed to not win the second ball just through sheer bad luck. Mm. If 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 that had gone our way slightly, we would have won. We would have just won every ball available for the whole game. It was incredible the amount of times we just got a little touch that on another day would have gone to one of our players or we would have run away with it, and it still they still sort of held on to possession by luck, and it was. Our, our luck has improved from the start of the season when we were the unluckiest team in history, <laughs> measurably. Um, but I think we're still due more good luck. I think at some point we will get things will just roll our way a little bit more and we'll win seventeen <laughs> nil. Just, just we, I, I, we're so good. We're so good at football. Even we don't even need the ball anymore. I uh, I didn't actually see the penalty until about three o'clock this morning in a drunken stupor because I couldn't watch. I was I was that stressed out by just being one nil up because you know apparently apparently winning's a stressful thing. Who knew that? I didn't really know what winning was like, and I just couldn't look. So I didn't see it until I got in this morning and was watching it, and it was a great penalty, and he smashed it straight in. And we just did them. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> I did I that. You... I, I, I've done that penalty thing in the past where I can't bear to watch it. And I was going to do that like I was because I sit at the front of 
a stand and I was leaning on it and facing backwards and just shaking my head at various people who I've known for a few years from sitting there and they were like yeah no this isn't going in and then I remembered that when we were at Leeds away I had a little word with myself and decided to watch them all and they all went in in the cop so I thought all right I'm going to force myself to watch it and it went right in right in the goal that's, a, that's another uh, prediction of mine that came true. If you remember the season preview episode, uh, yeah. I said we'd win a penalty shootout and from that point on break our league penalty hoodoo. Now, if you ignore the Crawley game in the Cup, um, uh, we've, we've, we're, we're, doing pens, we're doing pens again. Stoke are good. <laughs> we're 23rd in the league and, we're, uh, and it feels like we've just won it. It's just amazing. Um, do, you know, do, you know what's, do you know what's a bit weird? We haven't mentioned the fact that a 19-year-old scored their first league goal for the club because it comes about 10th on the list of amazing things of the day. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, and he, I, I kind of had to check uh, after he'd scored because he's scored a few in the, in the cup competition. So I had to kind of double check. Is that his first league goal? Um, for us, and, yeah, for us, yeah, absolutely. And so that that was obviously great and uh, well taken finish. Could have had a second as well. Uh, some discussion about uh, Campbell versus Hogan. Uh, Hogan obviously got the winner against Swansea and won the penalty yesterday. Um, I'd like the uh, play Tyrese Campbell from the start. Wait till he gets knackered and bring Scott Hogan on approach. If we actually take Tyrese Campbell off when he gets knackered, and not the fifteen extra minutes he seemed to play yesterday, um, because he, he was clearly uh, slightly dead on his feet. Um, but you know, we we won, and you know, it's not like it cost us anything. But it was um, maybe would have been worthwhile bringing Hogan on earlier. But you know what? I'm not going to criticise a decision. Uh, for this man, lest I be struck by lightning, which he could almost certainly command. Um, Marzi on Twitter asks, I know it's early days results-wise, but performances and stats suggest Nathan Jones was onto something even before the last two results. Tom? Do, do they? You, uh, do you have any thoughts? I think someone had said. I'd say the board deserve huge credit for not caving in and pressing the panic button, despite a lot of media and fan pressure. Uh, Tom? Uh, at the risk of uh, destroying the podcast out with your own sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> we are still 23rd. It is important to note that. Yeah, no, no, it's a totally legitimate thing. And we have only won two games and it's 12 games into a season. But I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. It's out. I don't care. It's only been two games. Um, yeah, the board... On one hand, I do think the board deserves some um, praise for sort of having faith but also I'd caveat that with if you're bringing someone in to transform the football club 10 unlucky games at the start of the season shouldn't be enough to get them sacked because if they are what's the point in the first place of um, bringing someone in like that and yeah the, the, the stats say we're quite good and and if we keep winning games we might, we might get better. And then once everyone's played Leeds, which I keep banging on about, we might actually be really good because Leeds are stupid good and it doesn't count until everyone's played Leeds. Um, I, I, I'm really scared about being positive. It, it's scary. 
um, yes. because it's just it, it's that is where all pain lies with that four letter word starting with H. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we could win. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? We've we beat Swansea, and plenty of people said, "Oh, well, you couldn't have won. You couldn't have won your first game at a worse time. You've now got two weeks off." We've done that. We've now won the first game of a week when we play three times. If it rolls and if it carries on being good, you could be sat here next Sunday saying, "Bloody hell!" Like the the change that's happened in the month of October um, could be mental. we're at the precipice of something potentially fantastic it's just whether or not we can hold ourselves together to step over it and get to (laughs) the promised Nathan Jones land Uh, Rocky asks now the defence is more settled Joe Allen played his more suited attacking role and played really well yesterday due to that would you agree um I, I agree Joe Allen played very, very well yesterday. I thought, I can't complain about his performance. And if the Sentinel want to give him 7 out of 10, then uh, be my <laughs> be my guest. Um, I, I, well, I wouldn't say... Now, this sounds crazy. It wasn't an attacking role, really, despite him being the furthest midfielder forward. He He did his best stuff when he was pressing out of possession. And... The only kind of negative I'd give him yesterday was not kind of taking a chance, which he did when in that attacking role. I think Nick Powell's more of a threat with the ball from that situation, but I'm not going to knock Joe Allen for being less of an attacking threat than Nick Powell in that diamond shape. Uh, what, what do you think of Joe Allen yesterday, Tom? Um, yeah, he's he's playing... A role that I've only ever seen Maran Fellaini play before, which is quite funny because they couldn't really be any different <laughs> as footballers. Like they couldn't be further apart. It's almost like a, I think people dubbed it a false ten because it's not really a creative number ten. He's more mm. there for his destructive capabilities and his fucking work rate. Because like we've talked about in the first half, it was mostly our strikers and Joe Allen pressing. Um, Fulham's back three and midfield two uh, on their own and they did a marvellous job of it Um, and when you think of the superior numerical advantage Fulham had there for that to work can only work because of really intelligent pressing because of really good work rate and the the past two games Joe Allen's been fantastic in both regards he can't carry on missing chances like that if he's going to play in the role because it, it it, it, it would have been so stoked. We should have been 3-0 up at half-time and then we come back out only 1-0 up and, oh, oh we've conceded. Oh, it's all gone wrong again. Boom. Because we didn't put a team to the sword. But I hope it'll come. I, I think he's clearly a, a good enough footballer to do something and I'm glad that he's playing well. I much mm. prefer it to him not playing well. He's mm. almost a defensive forward at that point, if that's a thing. But it, yeah, yeah, it is a thing. Like, it's very much a football manager thing. I think. I, did, I was going out of my way not to say that, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it is. That's exactly what I mean. And to be fair to him, I think from being in the stands, I thought that miss was criminal. I thought it was about eight inches out again, but actually, he was. It, it was a it was a good save from a reasonable attempt compared to most of his other chances. 
and also I think I said he did all right against Huddersfield as well, despite everything. I did. I yes, he, he did. He, he showed signs then, and I think I did. We, I, I realise it's completely redundant seeing as Tom is actually on this week for me to say I'm not going to be Tom Thrower here, but I did say that three <laughs> three weeks ago. That he was he was turning the corner. So uh, we have three questions on the ta- on the same topic. Uh, ben Rowley asks: Has Jones finally found a way of making the diamond work without using flying fullbacks? Um, James Bickerton asks: Despite the win, we conceded an awful lot of crosses, which led to chances. Does the win disguise that we still have an issue at fullback? And Jamie Moran says: Can you discuss, think about how much more balanced we are we are without uh, McLean at left back? Is it a coincidence that since he was dropped, we've beaten two of the top teams in the division and look really solid? What happens if we buy a proper attacking left back in Jan? So, fullbacks discuss. I'd love to. Opening. Oh, I was going to say I'd love to discuss James McLean, but I think I should really let Tom do that, as you're about to. So, (laughs) yeah, I I did threaten on Twitter that I have a blog, a draft blog piece, which is mostly just an idea. It was more a a metaphorical threat that says he's actually nowhere near as bad as people have made out, and he's sat there waiting. And I refer everyone to Nathan Jones's press conference where he says, actually basically on this question about Bruno coming in and making us look a bit more solid um, actually um, we were fine <laughs> we just conceded every single shot that went near the goal I mean I, I'm Jane said shots on target I actually think some of the shots weren't on target but because of the evil juju surrounding our football club they sort of were like tracking missiles and just whoosh, <coughs> pushed on to target and went in anyway Topic, left-backs. Um, the flying full-backs thing is weird because watching Jones, uh, J- Luton's Jones, Jones's Luton, um, they played a really interesting role. They played not like a sticking to the touchline, bombing down like an old-fashioned winger would. Um, they, especially James Justin, really floated around and it was something that Tom Edwards is getting there with. He pops up sort of more in field, but also still goes out to put a cross in. And it's mm. it's a bit Guardiola-esque in that if one of the fullbacks comes inside, the midfielder should overlap into the wide space to make sure that you've got someone in the position. It doesn't matter specifically who. Um, so uh, where am I going? I think I'm just explaining the fullbacks. Um, yeah, Bruno's doing a fine job. It, 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 he's not... I, I don't know. I feel... There's going to come a point, and it could literally come on Tuesday, it could come next Saturday against Millwall or Sheffield Wednesday, where we need a more attacking in, input from Bruno, and I don't know if he can deliver it. I thought he was really good against Swansea going forward. He looked really controlled on the ball and was actually willing to run past people, which was interesting to see. So I don't think Bruno has made us more solid. It's just we haven't had the bad luck so we've got almost the illusion of being more solid when it's not an illusion we were just solid in the first place but now the results are starting to come in line and say yeah they they are a pretty solid thing I don't know if McLean's the answer because if I would criticise McLean for anything his attacking output has been terrible Um, he's he's not created anywhere near as much as Edwards or even Smith did when Smith was in at right back so 
I think it's probably a position we're going to target in January. I'd be extremely shocked. But I said this in the summer. I pretty much said, we will sign a left back. And then we signed Stephen Ward. Ward. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's going to be... Jones is not going to change his team again. I think he'll be really reluctant to do it. So it's just uh, when that moment that I've talked about needing more creativity arises... Will he then change it and whatever the solution will that to be, will that stick? It'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Bruno is just more reassuring and calming, maybe not for the back four, but just for the for the fans as well. If you if we see Bruno Martins Indy at left back, that's just a whole lot more calming than James McLean and his inevitable yellow card for dissent. Um, so, uh, as as much as I, I'm a well fan, would be maybe stretching it. As much as I quite like James McLean, uh, he has tried his best at left back, and yeah, like you said, the, the the real disappointment of him in that role is not so much that people are or people have taken advantage of uh, him not being a natural left back. It's him not doing the going forward stuff as well as we would have liked and so that's kind of led to the frustration I don't think he is a horrible footballer as some people seem to I think he's tried his best in a difficult position and has had a bit of bad form as well Um, I think yeah Tom Edwards uh, had a good game yesterday Uh, he was was kind of up the pitch to be a, a kind of target man at times from some uh, kind of goal kicks and punts, punts forward, he was like up there with Gregory to be like a another option to flick the ball on, which was really, really interesting. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, develops. I definitely agree. We, we do need a proper left-back in January. If we remember Bruno from the Premier League, we know that he isn't a left-back and maybe better teams will find a way to expose that. But uh, completely agree. And yeah... Uh, on to Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday. I can't imagine there being changes. Uh, but there is three games a week and maybe he'll be tempted to change a couple of players around. What do we go, What do you think, Tony? <laughs> I would assume so. I think um, they'll be knackered, surely. Some of them at least. I, I mean, it, he'll, he'll look at them and everything. Um, will he start Campbell? Because he's only played half a game. I don't know what the recovery times are. Uh, um, this isn't a very constructive point, mm. but yes, I think so. Yeah, I think the most likely one would be Hogan in for Campbell. But also, I, I think that second half there, whilst they worked hard and stuff, I, I think I've seen them have more intense halves of football. So maybe they had a nice little breather. I don't know. They kind of looked a bit more chilled mm. out. But yeah, there'll be a few changes. But I just hope now that that's we've got the momentum in it because it sounds like we do. It sounds like everyone's happy and Jones is happy with all of his options. So a little bit of rotation here and there with the key ingredients of Endai and Etbo, and yeah, it's fine. That's for bit I'm that's for bit I'm worried about is Endai and Etbo work hard and also they're two of the ones who've been away last week working hard not at Stoke so I would have thought they are prime candidates for not starting on Tuesday which is a bit scary but they had a really nice international break Etebo 
didn't go, didn't play. I'm not sure. It was something I, they someone said visa issues, and then I think and I played like eight minutes off the bench. So fingers crossed they didn't get worked too hard in international training. Should we talk, should we talk about Badu and die? Because bloody hell, he's just so good, and he's. I, I, I think I said it the other week. I just I don't understand football and kind of what's gone on, but when he's psyching the crowd up before we defend a corner, usually it's when you have a corner that you psych the crowd up. We were about to defend a corner, and he was shouting at the crowd. He's basically crushed three of Jonesy's ribs, um, and he he stuck one in on Harry Arter. Oh man. What a fucking player. What a player. Badu and what a guy, more like. <laughs> Fantastic. See, I didn't think you'd be able to top your song, but inevitably <laughs> you have. Well done. Uh, Tom, which of our four points of the diamond is the best, and why is it Badu and die? <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're one cohesive unit and I couldn't possibly pick one. It would be like picking a favourite child. Um, yeah, I'm going to do what I tend to do and instead of talking about and die, talk about how great Nathan Jones is. Um, Yay! <laughs> in relation to Badu and die, in the sense of, I think I've said it before, how, how his man management abilities are either hostage taking um extreme blackmail uh, just very very serious illegal coercion or he's a, a genius to get badu and die from what he was on august the 5th 2018 to what he was on october the 19th 2019 because he's the best midfielder in the championship like by far he's just the, the best like you can you can stick your Phillipses from Leeds in the bin because he's not bad who would die yes uh, absolutely um, if I can inject a tiny note of kind of realism and foreboding uh, sorry to do this but uh, I thought these uh, tweets from Chief Delilah were uh, interesting Uh Things have settled into a worryingly familiar pattern, then settled into a worryingly familiar pattern. Profligacy from the usual suspects before a resurgence from Fulham threatened to collapse us in on ourselves. Then we weathered the storm and kept a clean sheet. That is perhaps the most valuable takeaway. Overcoming that fragility was but one of many storylines with happy endings. Badu's unlikely redemption arc continued. We finally scored a penalty. All it needed was a montage and it would have been a rocky movie. Chief among these strands is Nathan Jones stubbornly clawing himself out of his own grave. He got the big calls right today through some hitherto little glimpsed common sense, wisely keeping the same team and making the right changes at the right time. The elephants in the room remain. If that's the best side we can put out and give or take one or two, it's not far off. Then there is no str- stronger in. Then there is no stronger indictment of our summer recruitment with just two new signings in the lineup. NJ has been bailed out by the bomb squad. Few expected BMI or Badu to kick a ball for the club again in August, and they are now the glue holding everything together. A very nervous January awaits. Um, so, whilst I'm utterly besotted with Badu and Die, there is the kind of looming sense of, oh shit, he's gone in January, isn't he? No. He'll turn no. Barca down. 
<laughs> no, genuinely though, I don't agree with that analysis that Bruno and um, Badu were part of the bomb squad. I think it's been pretty clear that neither of them were. Jones has been insistent that he wants to work with Ndai, um whilst he was away at AFCON. And Bruno only dropped out of the team because it looked like he was going to leave. So it wasn't like he was being a pushed out. It was a, well, I think he could go on to be better things because he probably could. He's probably too good centre-half to play in the um, championship. And I think Jones is key to why they're playing well. And I, I, I think they're aware of that. So I don't think they'll run off in January because... Well, they could run off in January if the wheels come off a little bit again and we're still stuttering around and sat in the bottom of the table. But if we start playing just how we're supposed to play, not how we're like not exceeding our expected performance, we will be flying up the table come January. And I mm. hope that uh, can 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 convince them that there's a chance that we could do something this season. I, I don't think they'll stay longer than this season. It's it's one shot saloon with them, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be as pessimistic to write them as off and everything will come come apart again. Um, yeah, if they do go, I know. And I has been really he's really really kept his cards close to his chest on how he feels about Nathan Jones, but joking aside, <laughs> I, I do think he would turn down some offers. And also, as as you alluded to there, like when the squad numbers were announced, there was quite a lot of discussion about, oh, he's given Ndai a squad number. Ooh, Bruno's got a squad number. Okay, so maybe they aren't like the bomb squad, as you just said. Um, and also, I think when, when Joe... Uh, real history time but when when Jones came in there was a lot of discussion about okay he's going to completely dismantle his team and build a new one and I think general consensus was three four five transfer windows which is more mm. than one so yeah we, it's worth worth pointing out as well that the starting 11 in the last two games has had three Nathan Jones signings in it mm. two or three anyway um, so there's some kind of lingering question marks over recruitment I know he's now got what many consider to be his own man in in that uh, recruitment role but there are questions like where is uh, Davis Uh, where where is uh, Lindsay I know Lindsay came off the bench but um, but there's quite a few players who we'd signed who aren't really part of the furniture yet and that's maybe something that they'll want to look at and also the kind of no left back issue is a is something we'll have to look at in January as well but I don't want to talk about that I want to talk about the scenes at the end again <laughs> um because um the official account as as you mentioned uh, doing uh the Na- the Nathan Jones uh, sound <laughs> editing makes it sound like he's going rah, 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 magnificent I come on. I think he said Magnifico. I've listened back to it a couple of times. I think he actually says Magnifico, which is just like an extra level of what? outstanding. Because you think I he's mean, saying Magnificent because you expect him to say Magnificent because he says Magnificent ten times per interview. But I think he actually said Magnifico. I'm going to listen back to it again after this and prove myself wrong. But good lad. He did, he did play in Spain, so like... Ah well, that wouldn't be that unusual. Like he spent a lot of time in Spain, I think. So, I don't know. Maybe Culture, he just gets it? really I, Spanish when he wins. I definitely heard magnificent. So I'm, I'm, I'm worried now. Um, maybe he just likes to shout out 
foreign football catchphrases to get them motivated. Golazzo. Campionato, yeah. Di Calcio, Italiano. <laughs> Maybe he's doing that. My hearing yes, is famously do... poor, so apologies if I've just made that up. Well, <laughs> um, we can all agree it was magnificent, <laughs> regardless of whether or not he said it. Um, and I also enjoyed just the the fume of the uh, other fans of the championship. I have to thank not the top 20 podcast for retweeting it and then exposing the rest of the <laughs> fans to us going absolutely ballistic after a second win of the season. Uh, a lot of Not- Nottingham Forest fans in particular oh. were very much, um, oh, two wins and you all wanted him sacked and now he's Ooh. suddenly Jurgen Klopp. Oh, embarrassing. Tell you what's embarrassing, they are 1 0 down at Wigan Athletic, right? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's entertaining because I said uh, I got in trouble with Forest fans earlier in the week for in the international break for saying. You get in actually, trouble with Stoke fans, Tom. So I get in trouble with all fans. Positive but... direction for you. <laughs> speaking of Forest. They're very good and now they're not being very good. Speak, speaking of Forest not being that older club, I noticed Leeds are 100 years old yesterday. Like, are you new? Children. <laughs> Little yeah. babies. God bless them. Uh, so, scored a pen. Madness. Tyrese Campbell, first league goal. 1 uh, 2 0, kept a clean sheet. Harry Arter got injured. <laughs> oh, he, he, was such a, he was such a little shithouse again. It's like I can't, you kind of forget sometimes if you haven't played him in a while. He's like, mm. oh, yeah, I remember hating Harry Arter. Why did I hate Harry Arter? Oh, yeah, because he's a little shit. Um, <laughs> Scott, oh, just, well, Scott Parker was channeling him. Um, that sounds like not what I mean. But like when when Harry Arter was down on the ground and then started to get up and then I happened to be looking down at the bench and Scott Parker was on the edge of a technical area pointing down, telling him, no, get back down. And then he did that weird thing where he sort of rolled around again, having just got up and looked all right and then threw his shin pad and it bounced high and then his little head... Mm. So yeah. yeah, and then he started beating the ground because I don't he know was he was really upset hurt. at getting pulled off in a minute. I don't know. Mitrovic, uh, disappointing shithouse. I expected him to be more of a a dickhead than he turned out to be. I know he dived and mm. got booked for a foul, but I was I I thought, oh come on, he's a walking red card. We need to keep winding him up, but uh, alas, not. What a disappointing performance. I don't know. We don't need to stoop to such low things as winding up Mitrovic. We're, we're just a level no. above that. We're There's better no than that. For that. Yeah. Yes. We did win the battle with him in the first few minutes, though, didn't we? Because we just, we just pushed him around and he wasn't going to get his way. And then he just sort of. He didn't give up, but he just stopped doing yeah, the things he that he's really good at. seemed to skulk off to the left yeah. wing. I don't know why. He just always mm. seemed to be not in the box, which is if I want Mitrovic anywhere, it's not in the box. Yeah, those two free headers mm. on the edge of a six-yard box. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure neither of them were him, thankfully. Mm. Yes, so the final score then was uh, Stoke City 2, Fulham 0.8. Oh, sorry, that's the XG. I get him, I get him so uh, mixed up these days. But Nathan Jones even talked about XG, Tom. He even mentioned the expected goals. I know. I was. What a day it was for you. It was. I, yeah, as you as you said on the Wizards account, I was like a pig in shit. It was. It was <laughs> fucking brilliant. And what's it? One of the coaching staff followed me today, so there must be fans. Of oh, Joaquin. Oh, the um, Joaquin. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you've got a, now a worrying influence over the Stoke City uh, backroom staff. Well, if you'd um, listen to some parts of the OK, I've always we've always had that influence and we're responsible <laughs> for a lot of things. I was going to say that's two of them listening to us now, him and the manager. <laughs> Ooh, actually, yes. if Nathan, if you are listening, when you do that thing at the end, which is easing traffic congestion by making everyone stay after the final whistle, um, the bit where I sit in the top tier near that new screen, you, you seem a little bit neglectful of sort of pointing directly to where I'm sat and doing stuff. So if you want to like really big it up to that doesn't corner, it, doesn't do it for the posh seats, mate. Doesn't do it for the posh seats. Yeah, but I He's want him to. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm owed a little bit. He's in. He's in. He's in with the working class, uh, proper fans, not you not know the sanctimonious university types. <laughs> no, no. God no. Uh. Um, Mark, sum up in five words how underrated Sam Klukas still is. Um, uh, we, now, hmm. I don't like to like mention other Stoke City outlets because I think it's unfair. But I think one of them has an article today about how underrated Sam Klukas is. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> We've been banging this drum all season. <laughs> Sam Klukas is mint. <laughs> it's been the theme of this podcast for the whole season, I think. It's, it's the one thing everyone has consistently agreed on. Yeah. Yes. I even tried to call him the Ginger Frank Lampard for a bit. It and didn't we, stick. We agreed that he's mm. better than that, though. <laughs> yeah. Possibly in your absence, but still. Uh, Orphy, uh, things you start doing again after Stoke win improve your mood. One, letting other drivers out at junctions. Done it three times already this morning. Uh, so that's Orphy still stuck in his driveway because he's just so happy. But h- how has your happiness manifested itself? Ah. Hello. Yeah, you'd gone again. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd just you come went. back. I was. I was. I just asked. Uh, how has your happiness manifested itself? I stopped crying on the train in sad tears and started crying on the train in happy tears. So. I, I. I. I don't know if anyone noticed. I sang a song. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I did one when I saw that tweet from Orphy. I did like. I've, I mean, I've only met him once. But he, he struck me as the kind of bloke who lets people out all the time anyway, to be honest. Yes. Yes. I'm just <laughs> this is my happy place. I just watch this over and over and over again. <laughs> I can on, confirm nice. you did listen to that pretty much on repeat all the way home from Stoke well, all the way to Sheffield from Stoke. So yeah, keep yes. at it. I made random people watch it in Manchester who I didn't know. Gen- genuinely, I did. I was like, watch this. It's brilliant. <laughs> they didn't get it. It's a shame. Uh, did they not love to see it? No, they, 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 they didn't really know what they were seeing, I don't think. It was all a bit confusing. Right. Uh, we'll get off now and let the rest of you enjoy your weekends. But we'll uh, end with some three-word reviews. Um, Christmas come early... When's the parade? Tyrese Hogan Gregory turned the corner. Normal service resumed. About bloody time. Is this real? Book the bus. I can't breathe. Scored a penalty. Badu fucking in die. Best so far. I am speechless. Never lost faith. 
Dare to Dream, The Fucking Football, Two Great Results, Penalty Jinx Over, Football Bloody Hell, God Was Willing, Season Begins Now, Absolutely Stunning Performance, Playoff Beckon, Playoffs Beckon, Feed the Hog. Some guys just sent us a picture of uh, Rodney and Del Boy with like a speech bubble next to them. Don't really understand it. Uh, fine. Um, penalty scored. We scored two. What the shit house? Tyrese Gregory Limbs winning the league. Pen in net. Off the bottom. Scored penalty. What? Edwards going kill. Stokes scored penalty. And one from Stoke Analytics. Told you so. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. What a what a weekend. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Nathan Jones, and your magnificent, magnificent diamond. It's a wonderful, wonderful shape. Tony, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, the board, for not sacking him on my advice. Um, <laughs> even if it was Tony Scholes who made the decision, thank you, Tony Scholes. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, football. Thank you for listening. Go on, Stoke. Easy. <laughs>